Alright, we're good. What's up, y'all? It's Jerry. Welcome to Inside the House. Um, this is going to be a conversation series around all things inside the house um, with people that I know um, talking about things that they do well. So without further ado, we're going to jump into this first conversation with someone um, that I know really well. Um, we actually live pretty close. And so uh, I'm going to have her introduce herself and then we'll jump to the conversation. Thanks, Jerry. Thanks for having me. Um, My name is Teve. Um, I am a creative entrepreneur and business owner. I run a curated charcuterie company here in Atlanta, Georgia. And yeah, is that it? Do I need to add something else? Mm -mm. That's good. That's good. Okay. So before we start to be like awkward about it, we're going to jump straight in. And today's topic is hosting. So Teve, as she mentioned, um, has a creative charcuterie company. Um, if you've not seen her spreads, check those out at Taste of Tea. Um, they really are works of art. I've done a couple of these spreads with her um, and, and true to the name, inside some really beautiful homes. Um, so I think this is a, a topic that you can really speak to um, and kind of give some perspective around. Um, for me, I, I, I view hosting as something that, I don't wanna say it's like a lost art, but it's becoming one, you right. know? Um, yeah, I, agree. I come from a family that like during the holidays, I would say like hosted, like we were the yes. host houses, yes. you know, like the, the, the cousins or the siblings, yes. like, like whose house are we going over for Christmas this year? That's yeah. what it was. Yes. It would be like my grandparents, right? Yeah. So like everybody was coming to like my grandmother's house or my granddaddy's house. Um, and so I know hosted from that, from that standpoint, but I also have, some family like my uncle Everett. Um, mm-hmm. He's someone in my in my life that I that I look to as like a, a really good host. Mm-hmm. You know, he's thrown mm-hmm. some some big parties in my time, um, and so I've learned from him. But uh, there are also times where you know I've gone to to folks functions and it's like, <sighs> you know, um, <laughs> my biggest pet peeve actually. Um, if I'm gonna get into it, my biggest pet peeve. So here's here's the ground rules for inside the house: no shoes, no mask. Completely honest. Yeah. yeah. Take your shoes off. Take the mask off. Um, so for me, like big pet peeve is going to someone's house or like house warmings, right? Not house warmings. Maybe that's not right because house warmings. That's the point. But like when people host, they mm-hmm. they, call, they like call themselves hosting. Um, but it's like bring everything. Bring bring the liquor. Bring the food. Mm-hmm. Bring the vibes. Bring the like yeah. all they're providing is the physical space. That yeah. to me is not necessarily hosting. It's not. Um, absolutely not. It's not right. <laughs> so I want you to give us kind of like um, hosting one on one, if you could like break it down. Let's break it down to maybe like three points of like you're starting off. You want to be a better host. Um, you have space, whether it's a home or an apartment, um, mm-hmm. but you just want to be a better host. Where do you start? I think before anything, I think you have to assess your capacity to host. Um, I have some friends who will flat out tell you they are not the host of the group. They are the friends that you call to help to get there an hour early, to help you set up. They bring the ice. They run out to get the ice. When we run out of ice, you have your friends for that. And I think it's important to know your role, you know. So first, under you know, because I feel like people also 
kind of, as you mentioned before, they don't really understand what all goes into hosting. Um, and it becomes, you know, you're walking to events and people are asking you to bring everything. It's, you know, you know, you're coming to enjoy yourself and it's like, yeah. So um, I definitely think one, assess your capacity. Um, but I think even, you know, once you've kind of gone through that, you decided you want to have an event, know what type of event you want to gather for. So mm-hmm. I think that that is going to drive your entire process of, you know, from food to drinks, what type of food do you want to have? You know, if it's a Wednesday night, you and your girlfriends all get together, then, you know, you know you're going to need something that's a little bit smaller. You know, know your head count, you know. Mm, so okay. know what type of event you're going to have that includes your head count and type. Like, is it something that's going to be early in the morning or in the afternoon? You know, that may dictate the type of menu or what type of food options are available. Maybe we do light hors d'oeuvres if we're meeting for lunch or for dinner, you know. Is something a little bit heavier you know maybe it's something that's just generally like refreshments but you want to elevate it to maybe a charcuterie board or light hors d'oeuvre so know your head count know what type of event that you want to have okay i want to pause right there because yeah. i think that's good yeah. um and i almost want to like summarize point number one as know your head count i think that's yeah. something like easy to remember yeah, yeah. but also equally important um because and this kind of is dictated by space, right? Like if yes, you're in an apartment, yes, you absolutely. don't have as much space to right. host as many people. Right. Um, also a pet peeve of mine is when people pack out parties or gatherings Ooh. just for the sake of having like the numbers in there. Yeah. Like be mindful of mm-hmm. the space. Absolutely. And, like, absolutely. You know, people want to move around. People want to be comfortable. People still want to like, yeah. you know, be able to, to breathe, honestly. Yeah. And I don't want to be sweating inside your house. I- um, so if I'm sweating inside your house, I got a problem. I, I, I have a problem. It's hot in here. They, well, the ice is melting in the ice tub. Sometimes it'd be like that. But <laughs> I think knowing your hair got is important. So, like, te- can you, I guess, like, paint this picture a little clearer? It's like, where did you start? Like, as hosting, right? Did you, mm-hmm. I mean, like, when did, when did your experience as a host start? Because now I, I've seen you host in many different variations, right? right. I've seen you host in, in your apartment. Yeah. I've seen you host outside at uh, pop-up picnics in the park. Right. Um, I've also seen you host a little bit inside of, like, the charcuterie space, like, inside the home, just making sure people knew how to, like, flow. But, like, where'd you get your start as a host? Oh, I feel like unconventionally I got my start as a host um, as early as undergrad, honestly. I mean, I had the apartment where people would come over and we would have the wine nights and things like that. Um, I'm a cancer, you know, and I'm not big into Zodiacs, but I think the portion of it about being a nurturer is Mm -hmm. very true for me. I love community. I love when people gather. Um, So I feel like that's always been something that I've enjoyed and I've done it in so many small ways. Doing it in the capacity that I'm doing it now has made me realize like, oh, wow, I really have always had that little small passion for it. But um, I think for me, the pandemic really kind of propelled me into it just Mm -hmm. because, you know, there was nowhere to go. So it's just kind of like, okay, let's take these little small, like, hey, girl, come over for a board to like, okay, I have this group of friends who I know will get on with this group of friends who also can intertwine with my family. Let's put them all in one room together Mm -hmm. and let's, you know, start having a good time. I think, you know, that's really what sparked it for me. Um, I've only been in business for two years, but Taste of Tea has also helped me kind of evolve as well, too, to now being this this touch point for a lot of my clients you know they call me and they're like hey 
you know if we're having this should we have this what do you think about this you know so now i am that reference for them that resource so even when you book a charcuterie spread you know i tell my clients i really am here if you need anything any questions if you're asking about glassware or you know whatever else like so i think i really get to put it into practice in the homes of others too so you know i have learned so many different ways that people host and entertain and some of the ways i've you know kind of brought into how i entertain but mm-hmm. i think yeah the pandemic i guess would say i i would say is what really pushed me into it i think before i never had an issue with you know hey y'all come over you know i tell you all the time i'm, I'm making drinks mm-hmm. come over here you know i've never that's always been me but i thought you know why not you know why not be this connecting point so yeah i love that Host, hosting is really a personality type. It, it, it is, and that's why I said you have to assess your capacity to be a host because mm-hmm. you, ha- you have to have a personality. You know, when people walk into the room, first of all, I know everybody in the room, you know? So it's like, but I also want everybody else to connect. But it's just like, know your capacity, you know? Mm-hmm. If you're the type of person where, you know, putting things together and planning is too much for you you're probably not going to enjoy hosting it's a lot of planning preparation um and i say a lot of planning just depending on what you're wanting to have but there does in order for you to kind of like not be so bogged down with hosting you do have to properly plan you do Mm -hmm. have to properly prepare and if you know you're not the type of person for that yeah listen again be the friend that shows up an hour early be the friend that helps clean up at the end we need those people as a person who hosts a lot and 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 my aunt hosts a lot she's somebody who i also reference a lot i learned a lot from her so you know if you're that friend that stays at the end to help clean up we appreciate all of it you know again know your role i think you know (laughs) even beyond you know hosting you you think you know even further down because you have to think through all these things your cleanup you know all these am i gonna have disposable plates or am i gonna use regular plates and if mm-hmm. i use regular plates who's gonna wash all of them when the night is done all yeah. the glassware so again assessing your capacity is very important um, you know i love that okay yeah. that's a good that's a good point one what's point number two Point number two. Or tip number two. Tip number two. I think it just goes perfect, perfect segue. Create a plan, prepare, and make it fun. Um, Like, again, I can't stress it enough. Like, hosting can be one of those things you really enjoy or it's one of those things you really hate. Like, every time it's your turn to host, you're like, dang. Like, I I just, I can't believe you stressed out. You know, and I've even had some clients call me. They're like, I can't handle this. I, I need your help. And, you know, that comes in the form of the charcuterie mm-hmm. and, you know, helping them kind of navigate. You know, I ask them, how do you want this this event to feel? Because that's how I have to prepare. You know, let me know the type of event, your head count, and we can kind of flow from there. Um, but preparing and planning is super important. Like I said, you don't want to be on the day of trying to get everything that you need, you know. Mm-hmm. So if you know you're hosting, making sure, like, all your things are accounted for. Make a list. Like, I'm really back in my writing handwritten list era if I can't do it in my phone. Most times I do it in my phone, but sometimes I try to write it out. Write out plates, napkins, everything that you would need. And I think, you know, me personally, you know me, I think of everything as an experience. So I think of literally down to the to the silverware you're using or, you know, is a silverware place in a place where like people are going to think, ah, okay, the silverware is by the place. Let me go walk over here. Mm-hmm. So um, you have to plan for stuff like that. And the more stuff you can plan in, in advance, the better because with hosting then you have to worry about the food and the drinks like those are the things you want to worry about 
the day of and the day before like as far as like you know making sure everything's fresh and, mm-hmm. and available to people but like you know stuff like your plates nap all these different things if you can get it done well in advance do it well in advance so um and then have fun with it like i said i enjoy little stuff like sometimes i may be like ooh, i want people to have bamboo plates this time and there might be bamboo plates i love when y- y'all walk in no matter where i'm hosting and it's something different there y'all are like t got us eating off of these plates today yeah 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 so like where, make it fun. where do you find like where do you where do you get your i guess supplies so if someone wants to like spruce up their their event and they don't want to like spend a ton of money and not mm-hmm. even an event like say they're hosting in their mm-hmm. in their apartment or their home mm-hmm. like where do you go to get those like fun themed fun thing kind of things. like ac- accessories yeah yeah accessories amazon is oh, your friend it's always you know i i'm a deep your diver on amazon you know because they you look for one thing but see i scroll down to see what else they got yeah. so that's also how i get you know different ideas but i mean i think again it goes back into personality thing me personally y'all know me i i truly a bubbly person and to know me is to know why that's funny because i have a bubble gun every time y'all see me but like I may see something. I'm a kid at heart. You know, I think people love those types of little trinkets, though. Like, yes, we're at a nice brunch, but maybe we got some cool straws. Mm -hmm. You know, like little things, those small touches. Um, But Amazon, for sure. I mean, there's a lot of companies now. I know tablecloughsfactory.com is one who have really nice sustainable and reusable, like, serveware. So I know they have really nice champagne flutes. Um cups plates chargers napkins that are pretty inexpensive um for you to utilize but i also tell people um go within your means you know as well i when i first moved into my apartment i was starting from ground zero you know down to like i didn't even have a fork in here so you know when i did start accumulate stuff and i wanted to host people like i i'm from alabama so i'm very 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 southern not a southern bell but very southern so like mason jars i will always own mason jars yeah you know if if, if that's what you it's something to drink out of you know and you can line them up cute they're inexpensive you can also use mason jars for other things like cooking and so you're multi-purpose so that way you don't have to worry about spending a ton um i think also just the type of event like i said sometimes the red solo cups work Mm -hmm. you know i have different colors now so you give them all different flavors so you know again (laughs) that goes to chrome chrome. and those look really good actually actually it's by the same company that makes um the mason jars the like ball Ball, yes they have the aluminum yes i don't know if they're recyclable or not but yeah but they're reusable yes and and like stuff like that if you know you know what i'm saying especially if it's something simple or you know Mm. um they also make plastic like glassware if that makes sense like if you want a stemless wine glass they make it now in this like very durable nice plastic so like ordering those and you know oh this made me think so this is like a we'll call this like a a pro tip um and this is this is a personal pro tip Mm -hmm. i really enjoy when i go to parties or go to events um again these are personal like not like Mm -hmm. professional stuff but just like you know friends hosting um and there's like a colored cup for yes like almost who you are like i've gone to them it's like single taking you know like those type of things or just you know 
I just had this idea. It's like, you know, maybe you're bringing people together yes. and you yes. know their backgrounds mm-hmm. and where they come from or like things that they have um, specific to them. Yeah. Um, and so you can like make specific, um, you know, attributes that yeah. go with each cup yeah. and then people can kind of connect Absolutely. that way. Right. Yes. Like if you got yes. a green cup, I got a green cup. Yeah, let's like that's What's the, the fun part about it. And that's like even like the pro tip I, you know, just gave about, you know, make a plan, prepare and have fun. Like that's the fun part for me. Like I'm like, okay, how what's a different connection point? Like y'all know me. I think the first time was when I carried around a tray of shots. Like everybody was like, "What is T doing?" Yeah. And you know, I saw so many conversations being exchanged like oh my god are we really about to take this shot yes absolutely like let's all get it together but like to your point those are great conversation starters especially if you want to you know people to really come in and mix and mingle and have a good time i think you know beyond hosting i think even showing up you know the energy that you bring to the events you know is really big as the host you know but like it's you know important for as a host i foster the environment where people feel like I may not know this person, but if we both over here making a drink and we start small talking, mm-hmm. you know, now, you know, we get to know something else about each other. So, you know, it may be from us both grabbing a green cup and like the topic being we both love turtles. That's what green cups mean, you know. <laughs> so make it fun, you know, make it fun. Yes. I mean, honestly, at this big age, I'm just it's still it's still a, a little confusing to me. You know, adults mm-hmm. were like it's hard for me to make friends i get it i i because social anxiety is a thing yeah you know? absolutely but also if y'all are in the same space invited by the same person you should communicate with the people in the room yeah if possible yeah you know yeah. and sometimes that might take a little extra like right we both right. got green cups you know it right. can start very simple right. but um i like that and i also one thing that you said that that jumped out to me is like again hosting being a personality trait having you know wanting to serve your guests yeah you know yeah like wanting to take shots around wanting to yeah. to check in and be like you yeah. know can i get you another drink yeah. are you having a good yeah. time have you met so and so yeah but like really like doing the work because for me i've only hosted a Ooh, few I times in my life that, i've only hosted a few times in my yes. life but it's because i be exhausted after yeah. it's over because i really am so in tune to every single person yeah. who was in there yeah like I've invited everybody individually. Mm-hmm. I see you all in the space individually, mm-hmm. and I want to make sure that you all are having a good time. And mm-hmm. so, like, I try to spend that time really working mm-hmm. the room, you know, yeah. as the host. So I'm glad that you brought that up because I think that's really important. It's mm-hmm. like have a spirit of service. We'll Absolutely, say. yes. Okay, so what's point three? Point number three is know your audience. Mm. Um, mm. You, I, this really should have been number one, but I wanted to save y'all the best for last. Know your audience. You know, I stop inviting people that you don't know. You know, if you know you, you got a friend who she or he or they only want to drink out of, you know, like glass that's cut, you know, in Argentina or Paris. I don't really know where they're making glass where these days. Like that is not your friend. You probably gonna invite to your kickback. You know, and y'all, you know, probably using your cute little stainless steel, you know, mugs or something. You know, I'm I'm kidding. But, no, I think, you know, even beyond, I think that you do have to factor in those things, right? I think, you know, I I would love to sell you this fantasy of like, oh, yes, let's just invite everybody and have a good time. But, like, you also have to think about, you know, if you're hosting an event where there's liquor present, you Mm -hmm. know, 
things like that. Some of the, I, I was just talking to a client, you know, recently, and she was telling me how, like, I think her son had just gone to two weddings recently and both of them ended in brawls, you know, but it's, you know, and I was like, and I said, let me guess the reason she was like booze or alcohol, you know? So I think that that's, you know, important to, you have to know your audience, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and, and, and just, you know, I hate, I I don't hate to say this, but you know, inside the house, you know, I'm inside the house and that's why I said, I don't hate to say it, but everything ain't for everybody. You Mm. know, I do have my friends and not many, actually, I don't really have actually very many at all. Most of my friends are pretty social or like have some social capabilities, you know, to be in spaces like that. So I'm very fortunate about that. But you smell it. Yeah, I do. (laughs) I'm sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. What y'all smell? Go ahead. I can smell it. Go ahead. Um, oh my gosh, what was I talking about? Oh, oh yes, but if you have, if you know you have friends that, you know, may, like you said, suffer from social anxiety or don't really thrive in those spaces, mm-hmm. like, you know, maybe those are my friends that, like, when we hang out, you know, maybe it's still in, like, a, a, a communal setting, but maybe it's a smaller setting. That's your so, small, like, four to five. That's like, my small four to five yeah. on a Wednesday. You know, we're having some wine charcuterie. You know what I'm saying? But, like, I'm also the type of person, I'm very honest with, with my friends, like, I, I, but I'm also very in tune with my friends, mm-hmm. um, you know, so I'm, like, I don't ever want to make anybody comfortable because one of the reasons, maybe reason i got into hosting was because i wanted to be able to create safe spaces Mm -hmm. so you know whether it's a smaller event a larger event you know i want to make sure that everybody in this room feels safe and that goes with knowing your audience you know knowing you know i don't I, i thankfully i don't have any volatile friends or family who like you know if they're in a room i have to worry about them you know starting some drama Mm -hmm. or mess but that also goes into knowing your audience if you know you got some i think also hosting and the thing that people don't want to say i think it's going to really make you come face to face with yourself and then maybe maybe a few of your friends you know Mm -hmm. because there may be you may start wanting to host these events and it's kind of like so and so kind of always causing a little scene up in here that's actually very smart yeah i kind of like that because i'm a a believer of you know like everybody can't go everywhere every time it's not it's not we're not supposed to and i think the more quickly that people realize that you know we'll all be Mm -hmm. in a much better mental state (laughs) i also that that part but also i really kind of i love the idea of kind of matching your audience to the experience that you want to have right absolutely should like sometimes you want to have wine nights that's more chill that's whatever but like maybe maybe it's a friday and y'all want to do tequila and gin right like you want the people who drink tequila Tequila and and gin gin. and like really do it right and sometimes the wine drinkers and the tequila gin drinkers just don't mesh and they don't mesh and that's that's okay but for the sake of the vibe you know like yeah knowing how to curate that list yeah. i think the guest list is is something that we should start paying more attention to absolutely sometimes i think and i've seen this meme go around on social media recently of like you know when when they people have like the, the birthday trips and they're like yes. bringing all their friends together and it's and and i can't remember what it says specifically but it it, it kind of says something about like it being chaotic or like a scene out of a tv show or something like yeah. just for that one night where you bring everybody together I hate this shit. I hate, and you hate know it. what is crazy? People ain't gonna want to hear, it, but like hosting, kind of is a lot like that. You know, like that's why I just said, you know, 
it's really to be a good host, you're, you sometimes you're gonna have to have those tough conversations. You know, if you got a friend or no conversation at or all, no just conversation don't send the invitation at all. And if you have any questions, but see, the thing about it is, if you got any questions, I'm gonna be very frank with you. Like, if you do not know how to hold your liquor, I can't invite you to the party where it's you know we got there's liquor flowing because I I, I personally do not have the bandwidth. Mm-hmm. You know, again, as a host, like I'm entertaining, I don't have the bandwidth to babysit you in the bathroom you know that takes away from my guests my time with my guests mm-hmm. who i you know and, and it, i put time into this i plan this for people to come enjoy i want to enjoy it with you guys too so it's very 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 important to go inward and really think about okay what type of experience do i want to have if it's on a wine night and you got a friend that love casamigos she probably shouldn't come. It's not that she shouldn't come to the wine night. It's just you think about the type of experiences you curate. And I think, you know, much is to be said about how, how deep and layered that can be, you know. But I think that the type of person that I am, my friends know that, like, if I don't invite you to something, it's not out of, like, oh, my God, T is, like, beefing with me. She, You know what I'm saying? It's It may be, like, T went to a concert to see a pop artist, and I only listened to rap or r&b you know what i'm saying i think we also have to not take things so personally too um because people do people do not take kindly to not receiving invitations you know i tell people i do not suffer from fomo i don't you know like i will be fine staring at this tree on my balcony for an evening you know what i'm saying but i know that there are people who are very who get very bent up about that you know and i think that what overwhelms a lot of people with hosting much like these trips is just the pushback that they're going to get from that Uh but again you know i think at the end of the day unless somebody handed me some money and their time to help plan this I like that. What you want me to do with it? You know what I'm saying? What you want me to do with that? <laughs> Girl, you want to give me some money? You first on the list. I'm going to have a specialty cocktail for you and you only. Yeah. But, you know. Oh, I love that. You know, but I think, you know, it's, it's, you know, you have to be honest about, you also have to be honest and, especially for me, I host at my apartment. I've hosted at, you know, homes of my family members who are near and dear, you mm-hmm. know. I want people who I ask, you know, that can they come in this space yeah. with me to be respectful of their space and that includes the energy of the space you know regardless of you know respecting the space respect the energy of the space you know like i think one thing that you guys always compliment me on and i and i appreciate it every single and i tell y'all i'm a, i do it every single time i don't care nothing about it we gonna come and have these brunch y'all bring a bottle but as far as food and everything else it's gonna be taken care of like i really want you guys mm. to come and have a good time and so like if that's the energy i know that i'm trying to put out you know y'all know i don't play no plus ones up in here let somebody walk up in here who i don't know both of y'all gonna be asked to leave you know you have to respect the energy of the room you know what i'm saying like yeah you know and i think you you do have to y'all i mean they probably don't know me from this audio but i'm five one 130 pounds in a thick season okay but people know like I, I i'm not playing I'm not playing about that. You know, I think if my goal is to create a safe space, I'm going to be a stickler about who's in that space. And that's okay. You know what I'm saying? I think, you know, if we're going to talk about these soft life eras and, you know, having better life experiences, one thing about peace, ain't nothing peaceful about it. You got to fight for it. Mm. You know what I'm saying? That means intentionally, if I'm setting the intention to have a really solid event where I'm putting all these amazing, beautiful energies in the room, like, that's what it's going to be. Yeah. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I'm also not a malicious person. So, like, again, if something happens, it may be that I had a strict head count that I was trying to stay at. You know, and I... And I Point number one, I, you know, know your head count. Know your head count. That's, that's your capacity. You know, but I think it, it, it even goes into, like, conversations around, like, weddings and things like that. When people are like, oh, my God, I can't wait to be invited to your wedding. And it's like, huh? Mm. You know? You know what I'm saying? Like, how you know you beat the vibe? You know what I'm saying? Did you pass the vibe? But, like, also, I tell you, I, I commune with people who I talk to very frequently. You know, we may not talk every day or every week, but, like, these are people I'm in some form of communication with. Consistently. Consistently. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's not, you know, we talk to each other once a year, you know? Because then I think at that point people have to check their egos. You have to ask, like, you're upset about an invitation, but, like, when is the last time you reached out to people? That's another thing people, I think, you know, have to realize about mm-hmm. hosting. It'll open that can of worms, you know. When you're looking at that guest list of people you want to put in that room, and like I said, for me, it's a rotation of people I talk to, Yeah. you know. But if I have somebody who reaches out to me and they're like, you know, and this has never happened to me per se, but like, oh, hey, girl, I saw you had this, you know. I, I always usher people. I like to say I usher them to you because I like to walk you to it. Mm-hmm. To think about, you know, when is the last time you just authentically just reached out? You know, on some, hey, I'm thinking about you, or, you know, let's connect, or just anything. You know, outside of you liking a picture on Instagram, because social media has made us lazy. But it's one of the reasons why I do love hosting so much is because, like, it's an opportunity for everybody to put their phones down, engage in some conversation. We over here, like, oh, my God, did you taste those smoked Gouda grits? Yes, that's what we need. Oh, I am getting a up out here. I'm not, hopefully, but mm, listen, they tearing my foot up. You started to preach, and I think that's the like the perfect way to end. Um, yes. Speaking of my uncle Everett, he is notorious for ending his parties with this phrase on behalf of the get the fuck out of my house committee. Um, I want to thank y'all for coming. I want to thank y'all for listening. Yes. Um, I hope that this was interesting and you learned something and you took a couple of notes and honestly that point number three was really i mean it was layered you know like know your audience but also like know your limits know your limits and know your audience's limits yes and like be convicted in the curation of Mm -hmm. like who you're bringing into the space i think that's so that's so important i think that's like a golden tip for any host is like don't shy away from you know being intentional about your guest list you know Absolutely. And, and, remember and you have to att- remember you have to attend this event too yeah outside Ooh. of planning it you also have to attend this event as well it should also be fun for you as well i love that all right well listen <laughs> there's nothing more to say thank you all for coming inside the house and i'll catch you on the next conversation bye y'all stay bye. tasteful <laughs> <laughs> what's up y'all welcome to episode two of inside the house this week I'm going to be talking about why I got into real estate. Um, I know I said on the story last week that we'd be talking to a luxury interior designer, but I'm going to push that to next week and then, yeah, we'll move on from there. But um, today I have just a few points that I've written out to kind of just explain my reasoning um, or, yeah, my reasoning for going down the path of real estate rather than my full-time career that I would I don't even want to say I was building a career 
you know, I was exploring um, and experimenting. But um, yeah, so first things first, um, I am an agent at Keller Williams Atlanta Midtown. Um, there was an agent there who I met at one of our team meetings um, and she really kind of like, I guess, sparked this idea for me of like my why. Um, and up until that point, you know, I had already had a real estate license, um, but really, if I'm being very honest, like did not take it seriously. There were days where I'd be like, what am I going to do? And then I'd be like, oh, you have a real estate license. So like some days I would forget it for myself. But like she, her name is Stephanie. Um, she's a fellow agent at Keller Williams Atlanta Midtown. Um, I, I was talking to her after one of the team meetings and um, asked her, you know, like how she got into real estate. And her immediate response to me, which is also point number one, is that um, she was a bad employee. You know, <laughs> um, my family and my friends know I am not and never will be employee of the month. Um, and it's not necessarily that I'm a bad employee, but I find that like corporate America requires a, a level of performance outside of the job itself that I can do in the interview and I can do in maybe like the first 90 days on a job. But after that, I, I, I give up. You know, I think my interests go somewhere else. I don't know what it is, but I just can't do the performance. And so um, I become rebellious. You know, um, and for me, I think just after doing that for 10 years of trying to find a place um, in corporate America, within the sales world, um, I just couldn't find it, you know, and I had gotten to a place where, you know, I was making six figures and not having to do a ton of work. And I mean, like, not even really having to do really, like, a lot of, like, the work was, was minimal. It was very doable. Um, but I was so unhappy. Um, and, and this is not to get into a sob story. I'm not going to do that. But, um, yeah, I think just being kind of done with being a bad employee and trying to find, like, something to do for myself. And so real estate still requires those same sales skills. Um that I was using my career, but it gave me an opportunity to become an entrepreneur in an industry that is, you know, sustainable, I guess you could say. Um, real estate has, has been here and will stay here. And there will always be people who need a place to live and who are interested in buying a home or want to sell a home. Gosh, I'll turn this off. Shit. Wow. Bear with me. I should have done this. Um... All right. So, yeah, um, this is my this is my chance to become an entrepreneur um, and to, you know, do it for myself. Um, th I mean, it's 100 percent commission. So you you eat what you kill um, and it feels challenging. So that that's the first thing. Um, moving into the second point. I am of the personal belief that it is always good to have a pivot plan. Um, each job that I've left or been laid off from or um, 
I guess those are the only two options. But um, in any case, I've always had like a pivot plan. I've always had some idea of what I would do next. Um, real estate has been in the back of my mind for some time. I even got a real estate license when I lived in D.C. Um, so I was like 25 or so. Didn't know what to do with it. So I just kind of had it. But it like gave me the the starting ground to like know what it was like to, to buy a house and the things that you should look for. Um, but I didn't have the audience at the time. But um, so I guess in a, in a way, real estate has always been part of my pivot plan. But I've always known kind of where I could move next. Um, and so I think that's important. I also think it's very important to have some fuck you money. Right. Like and those are those are the times where I, where I quit jobs or where I just left um, without a plan. But not a, like a concrete plan, but I knew I had enough money to give myself enough time to figure it out before, you know, it was urgent. Um, and that fuck you money is great, especially in the form of commission checks. Right. So um, for those of you who are in sales or in any kind of field that comes with commission checks, um, you know, your your bank account can go from zero to 20,000, you know, overnight. And um, it's it helps, you know, I, it, it makes me think of that the beginning of the Oprah Super Soul Sundays where she's like um, the most. Oh, shit. What did she say? The most precious gift you can give yourself is time. Right. Time is really for me. I found that. Quitting jobs, those one to two months after, you know, when I'm when I have no plans of going back to work and I'm just like 24 hours in a day, seven days a week, I have I have found myself in the the best positions in the best situations. And it really is because, you know, sales has afforded me the the opportunity to take those lump sums of money that come at the end of each quarter or in the form of sign on bonus, whatever it is, and stack that and know, okay, cool, you know, budget that out. I have two to three months where I don't really have to worry about anything. Um, and that that time, it's a lot of time, you know, to, to kind of get your mind clear and think about what you want to do next. Um, and real estate is exactly that. You know, it is part of my pivot plan and it is also um, an opportunity to make a lot of money, you know, to be honest, um, from commission. So that's point number two. Number three, uh, this is relationship business. I have never been a transactional seller. I'm actually very terrible at it. Um, I, but I am supreme or superior at, <clears throat> at building relationships with clients or even friends, um, I would, I would say. Um, and so real estate being a relationships, relationship driven business, um, is one of the reasons why I gravitated towards it in particular, because it really just depends on who your sphere of influence is. And that's your family, your friends, um, their friends and their friends and their friends and their friends. Right. So for me, being surrounded by such good people, um, and, and such strong relationships, I felt like even if I didn't know someone immediately who needed to buy a home, the people who surround me um, and the relationships that I have 
would be the perfect advocates to go out and, you know, bring in good referrals. And when they're ready to buy homes themselves or to sell their homes, um, that they, you know, would give me the business. And so I just made a list. And once I saw that I had enough folks on that list that I felt comfortable with, um, yeah, I, I kind of jumped from there. Um, what else? Oh, this is a good one. Um, so it's time for us. And I say us as in like folks in our generation. So millennials, um, black people, (laughs) I guess I can say that on here. Um, niggas from the South. Yeah. My family, my friends, us, um, for us to get a piece of our own. Um, for those of you who know me, you know, I, I have for some years been really interested um, and invested in learning about African-American history um, in particular. Um, and I would say more recently, kind of really focusing on black history in the South um, and so I think of cities like Atlanta, which is where I live now, um, Birmingham, Montgomery, uh, Tuskegee, Jackson, Mississippi, all of those cities across the South where there's huge populations of black people who built those cities, you know, very literally built those cities, um, but don't have ownership or or don't have the wealth or don't have the resources that they are due. Um, I feel strongly that this is a time where I can contribute to the communities that I'm a part of um, to help them become homeowners, um, to help them become landlords. investors in real estate and really build wealth for themselves um, and to have something that they can pass on to future generations because it's overdue, but it, but it is also not, I don't know, this is getting, (laughs) now I'm talking too much, but um, you know, it's getting, home ownership is not like a human right. I would say access to access to housing is a human right. Home ownership is not right, but it is something that we are due um, because if if we us were paid what we were actually due, we would be homeowners. We would have multiple properties. We would have generational wealth that we could pass down um, throughout the years. But we don't have that. Um, but this is a starting place, I think you know, building something from the ground up, you know, um, I, I just feel like real estate is, is, is a great opportunity to do that. Which leads me to my next point. Um, and these kind of all go together five, six, and seven. We'll, we'll kind of make this a, a, a trio, but, um, I really do believe in the product, you know, and this is me as like a sales guy again, like 
if I don't believe in something, it's really hard for me to lie um, and pretend that I do, right? This is part of the performance um, that I talked about earlier. But if I don't believe in it, I can pitch it, I can talk about it, but will I really sell it? No, because um, I don't like to lie. I say that to say in this instance, when it comes to real estate, even with all, you know, make the list of pros and cons and there will be, you know, there will be things that you can add to both sides. You know, I'm sure a long list on either side. Um, but with all things considered, real estate is really a super solid investment. Um, and it's one that I, I I will sell with conviction and, you know, really push people, you know, to consider what it takes to get ready for homeownership, what it takes to get ready to um, be a profitable seller, what it takes to be, you know, an avid investor even. Um, but I do believe in it. I, I think it is something that really works. Um, something that really works that makes it sound very cheap, but um, I really do. I mean, I think it's it's a solid investment. I think that's that if I, that's the best way I can put it, right? Um, and that goes into the next couple of points, which is I think we us again, um, all those all those groups that I mentioned a little bit earlier, but I put black people in parentheses, so I'll say that um, I think we need to be reeducated on the business of real estate. Um, one of the things that I noticed just in doing research and studying for the exam and trying to figure out what a real estate agent does, uh, I've just been listening to a lot of interviews and, and what people say about the business. Um, one of the things that kind of jumps out to me is the difference between like buyers and sellers in particular, right? So think about buyers. It is are being a home buyer. Um, it's a very emotional process, or it can be a very emotional process. Uh, it can be a lot of a lot of feelings happening at once, right? It's a it's a huge investment. You know, you're putting yourself on the line. So that's one side of it. Then you have the seller who really is just motivated to make money. So emotional sure um but I, I would say there's a lot less <laughs> you know there's a lot less at stake when you're selling and so let's kind of connect these dots here and say black people right for a lot of us home ownership is is not something that we know well i'll use myself as an example um, my grandparents own homes. My dad owned a home and he still owns homes. Um, so we have home ownership there, right? But what I don't have is kind of a perspective of the wealth building aspect. So how do you leverage a property by another property and, and kind of rinse and repeat? You know, that's something that I'm interested in, but I don't have like the, the context or I love that word. I, sometimes I just throw that word in there, but um, <laughs> I don't have like I don't have the, the education. Right. I, I don't I don't know. I'm learning it now. It's not something that I have just witnessed. 
Um, and then I would say for, you know, even more black people, they, they there's not even that level of education, right? So it's a new thing for us, but I think we we should really look at it as 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 instead of homeowners, investors, right? So like this is not your this is not your first I mean this is not your forever home, but it is your first investment, right? Looking at it like that, becoming attached to to the business of real estate and not necessarily the aesthetics of the home. Um, that's the point that I'm really trying to make is how do we start to look at real estate and how we can leverage it um, rather than us finding this forever home that we, you know, will decorate to our liking and, and live in forever. You know, um, I, me as a real estate agent um, and any of the clients that I have. My my viewpoint on real estate is if you own one home, you should own two. And if you own two, you should own three. And if you own three, you should own four. Right. And keep going until you can't go anymore, because why not? Right. Um, hashtag operation landlord. That's <laughs> I think that's just I just think that's how we should how we should be looking at this moving forward, especially if if, you know, wealth building is the goal. If you want to have a lot of money that you can pass down throughout generations, um, a lot of influence, you know, um, all of that stuff comes through owning property, owning real estate. So there's that. Oh, and I already talked about um, the wealth building part. Like, Becoming a landlord, I, I I really want to stress this because right now we're seeing like increasing rental prices and it actually, so um, the episode we were supposed to have this week, um, and spoiler alert, it's Tyler. If y'all know Tyler, she's, she's amazing. So we'll talk to her next week, but she told me how much she was paying in rent in New York City and... That's all. That's what I got to say. Cause it 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 is it's 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 crazy. It's it's really crazy, um, how much it cost to lay your head down at night and not on the street, right? Um, but welcome to America. Gotta love capitalism. Um, that's only like the, the increasing rent payments is only bad news for renters. You know, if you own something, it's beautiful. You probably wake up every morning and you see the news and you're ecstatic about it. Um, actually, I used to have a roommate who bought a home in an up and coming part of D.C. Um, and every time the news came out about, you know, the folks getting displaced from the the public housing um, or whatever it was, like them having to move out or, you know, the Starbucks is coming or whatever it was. Like, I just remember him being so excited about his home value appreciating, you know, not taking into account that other people were being displaced, but the fact that his investment was appreciating, you know, and I think that's how landlords think. And so, 
or at least they that's how they should think if they are the business people that I assume they are if they took the risk of you know taking on a loan and you know making the sacrifice to to become an owner um then yeah they they they're they're only going to raise the rent and so lock that in lock that in become a homeowner become a part of become a part of the team that is um you know in control it sounds very it it sounds harsh but maybe <laughs> uh and then the last thing this one let's end on a lighter note um it really is a chronic excuse to socialize you know as long as i'm a real estate agent i'll always have a reason to go somewhere and see people um which is great for someone who has become antisocial over the years i think i've always been a a a, a, a teeny bit um maybe a little bit more than teeny bit antisocial but um covid definitely covid definitely um made it worse <laughs> remote work made it worse um social media makes it worse all the things um but this gives me a real reason to kind of meet people again um and to have random conversations and to get to know um strangers in person not on the internet stop talking to strangers on the internet but um uh, get to know strangers in person and get to know more about them um and have a reason to tell them about what I'm doing. Um, that's also something that uh, I guess I can add to this list is um, in my past jobs, I've never really wanted to share what I was doing, not because it was, you know, a bad job or I wasn't, you know, I guess interested in what I was doing per se, but there was really nothing to say. There was nothing to talk about. It was just something that I did. And that was, you know, I got my money that was it. You know, I went back to living my life. Um, but this, I, there's a reason to be an advocate. There's a reason to always be having the conversation with someone um, about real estate because, you know, maybe they are aspiring home buyers. Maybe they already own and, and, and are not thinking about how to leverage the property that they, that they have. Um, or maybe they got a shit ton of money somewhere and just want to be investors. All three of those things. Um, a reason for me to get up and go somewhere and do something um, in the name of, you know, socializing with purpose. So, yeah, <laughs> I don't know if this, uh, um, actually, you know what, I'm not going to go down that tangent. Um, so, yeah, if if any of this made you have faith in me um if any of this made you think this could be fun let's work together <laughs> um i would love that so hit me up and let's talk more if you're looking for real estate especially in the atlanta metro area um but also coming soon um in alabama because i got plans for that too um so yeah stay tuned and yeah. Bye. <laughs>